Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas will travel to Mexico City today to meet with Mexican President Andres Obrador to discuss new immigration policy between the two countries. That visit comes as a surge of thousands of migrants making their way through Mexico to the U.S. border as we speak. Joining us now from the southern border, NBC News correspondent Morgan Chesky. Morgan, good morning. What's the latest there? Yeah, Willie, good morning. And the organizers of that very migrant caravan have said that the group has swelled rapidly with the addition of more Central American families, so many of them with very young children. Now, the past 24 hours here in Eagle Pass has been surprisingly quiet, but that could soon be changing. This morning, the southern border's migrant crisis marching on. This video capturing the largest caravan in more than a year. An estimated 8,000 men, women, and children in Chiapas, Mexico, near Guatemala. All of them headed north. Organizers say the group swelled by nearly 2,000 people in a single day. Many hoping for a better life. Many more road-weary and exhausted. The caravan moving as the Mexican president welcomes U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. The Mexico City meeting, set for later today, expected to focus on the unprecedented irregular migration and border security between the neighboring countries. The visit following a recent phone call between President Biden and Mexico's leader. The two leaders agreed that additional enforcement actions are urgently needed. It comes as the number of migrants in cities across the country are reaching record levels, with New York City seeing up to 4,000 people arriving each week. Local shelters and services overwhelmed and struggling. Switching gears now, Joe Biden arrived in the Caribbean earlier today for yet another vacation. This one to ring in the new year as crises pile up for the president and his administration at home. To keep up. We have no more room in the city. Meanwhile, on the ground in Eagle Pass, a surprising lull in crossings Tuesday following a record-breaking week where thousands of migrants lined the banks of the Rio Grande. And processing took hours, if not days. Outside a shelter, we met Osmani, Marianne, and Edison. Donde van ahora? Where are you going now? Oklahoma. Oklahoma? Los Angeles. Los Angeles? Dallas. Marianne from Venezuela says she's now waiting until her asylum hearing. Para cruzar. After a five-month journey here, she describes similarly to so many other migrants we've heard from. A dangerous, potentially deadly track that in her mind, is worth it. Morgan, we heard there from New York City Mayor Eric Adams showing his frustration with the federal government and its approach to, and, and the impact on New York City and how they are going to house migrants and have had to house migrants for several months now. So as we approach these cold winter months in places like New York and Chicago and elsewhere, how are those cities preparing? Yeah, well, they're absolutely having to get a little creative. We know that in the case of Chicago, the state is sponsoring hotel rooms for migrant families. While in New York City, a tent encampment has just opened up on the outskirts in a place that was once used as a campground. We know that in some instances here, Willie, space is so tight that migrants are now being asked to leave shelters after 30 days and then reapply. Every inch of available space for housing in incredibly I demand now.
President Biden, what would you like to hear from Mexico about the border? We're seeing uh, the erosion of the quality of life that we've improved on in such a short period of time of this administration. And we have been impacted. Uh, for, for many uh, months, we were able to keep the visualization of this crisis from hitting our streets, but we have reached a breaking point. We're no longer able to do that because of the volume and numbers. Just last week, we had 3,900 people that arrived here. We are averaging anywhere from 2,500 to close to 4,000 a week. And if you do the math, you see that's 8,000 every two weeks, potentially 16,000 a month that we must feed, clothe, house, educate children, and all the services that you would give a normal adult. And we're seeing that play out on our streets of New York. And that is what the breaking point looks like, what we are experiencing right now. This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. Here's not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish, in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Thursday, 28 December, year of our Lord, uh, 2023. Uh, how many of you... When faced with a crisis, particularly if you were faced with a crisis that involved the sovereignty of your country and your fellow countrymen, how many of you would skip out and take a vacation in the Caribbean um, where you have, because of an invasion of your nation, where you planned it, initiated it, exacerbated it, lied about it, spun it. Tried to what did what did uh, the genius? Um, what's the over and under? By the way, Eric Adams having a three digit IQ. What's the over and under on that? Visualization. We didn't want the visualization. This is a guy that declared you know made New York City a sanctuary city, bragged about it, and now every day just whines because Biden doesn't want to be stuck with uh, with the problem in New York City. Whines about we did we wanted to hide the visualization, the visualization. So citizens can't see what's going on right before them. So now you're going to have uh, the illegal alien invaders freezing in the streets of Chicago and in New York uh, because, it, hey, let's do the math. I like that. You know, 4000 one week, 8000 the next week, 16000 for a month. That's very good. Maybe it is close to three digits, that IQ. Who would, who would leave and go to the Caribbean for a vacation? How could you enjoy yourself? Unless... The destruction and, and, and breaking of the sovereignty of your country and your fellow citizens was, you know, part of your plan. It's going, well, let me kick my feet up and uh, enjoy ourselves. He's in the Caribbean on vacation. You've got uh, 
Note to self, the Israeli uh, war with the Muslim Brotherhood and the Persians is now in a new phase of spinning out of control. Benny Gantz said today that uh, they're going to open after they said, hey, Biden talked us out of the first couple of days. They're, they're putting warning uh, signs up that they're going to start bombing uh, the Persian Lebanese Shiite militia in Lebanon um, because they're tired of taking incoming. You've got the situation. Somehow we got a carrier up in the Red Sea, which is ridiculous. Um, in the, in the right outside of uh, uh, the Red Sea, you know they're taking incoming Houthi drones, the United States Navy nonstop. So that's metastasizing over there. This is just one thing after the other after the other. Big article in the Telegraph yesterday about how uh, she and the Saudis are now very far down. You know our allies, the Saudis. The ones that we've been assisting them fighting the Houthi rebels on the on the southern on the Yemen part of their peninsula or the Saudi Peninsula, the Arabian Peninsula, how they're cutting their long term deal. They're 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 actually making more progress on the de dollarization, the de dollarization program. So all that's going on, and the guy skips out and goes on a vacation to the Caribbean. I mean, couldn't you? get some time off with the family in the white house and go to the west wing and go down to the to the uh go down to the kennedy room where the national security council is and you know have some meetings and act like you're even concerned as as the, the and now the only reason they're sending blinken remember this is the team that's done such a great job in ukraine uh ukraine which the war is over there as everybody knows Except they got to get their eighty billion dollars into the money laundering operation, and what are they doing? They're 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 holding the border hostage. The only reason they're prepared to have any border discussion at all is because they need the they need the uh, they need the seventy billion dollars for the money laundering operation of Zelensky in a war that's essentially over. Except when Zelensky gets his five hundred thousand, what's the over and under? He's going to get his five hundred thousand new troops. Because, baby, they ain't volunteering. You're going to have to go to Ireland and drag them back, the draft dodgers. The only reason that Biden's doing anything now is he's got Blinken in, in the that, – that Mallorca's and Blinken. How would you like that to show up as a representative of the United States of America? Mallorca's and Blinken. That's the best of the best. Mallorca's and Blinken show up to your uh, – good God, don't send them to the CCP. Don't send them to Beijing and don't send them to Moscow or don't send them to Tehran with the mullahs. I mean, they laugh at they, they how hapless the Americans are. You send them down to Mexico, which is, by the way, uh, the president's totally in bed with the cartels. The cartels are making more money than they've ever made off of drugs with human trafficking. So they're going to go down and have a, have a meeting with the cartel sponsorships. I'm sure they're going to get some very precise answers and assistance. But the invasion is so bad, and you can't hide it, the visualization, as uh, Mayor Eric two-digit IQ Adams would tell us. Uh, the visualization is so bad that the Biden regime now is is concerned because the American people have awakened to the fact that, hey, uh, in Wichita, Kansas, and uh, in uh, Lansing, Michigan, and you can go anywhere in the country and see that the streets are flooded now with the illegal alien invaders. And who's supposed to pay for all this? Because right now the Republicans have to say absolutely no way. You did the invasion. You figure out where you get the money from. No additional money to pay for this invasion. No way.
All all this thing when they talk about, oh, Ukraine, but we're going to have a border security part of it. All it is is for more processing. All it is for more housing. All it is is for more cell phones and cash money and education and health care and all of it. And they say right there while the folks are coming. And if you and I were in the same situation, we would be coming. So let's not demonize the individual people because, hey, if Uncle Sugar is going to open the gates and Biden's saying, come on in, and he knows that President Trump's going to return and you're going to have real adults, of course you're going to flood the gates. This is what the surge is about. This is, it's not quantum mechanics what's going on here. But you're seeing the destruction of your country, and I hope everybody under 35, pay attention, don't look away, because the removal of these people are, is going to engulf the nation. Getting our arms around the financial situation, which is discretionary spending on defense and on uh, social programs, is going to have to have massive cuts. I mean massive cuts, not that things are talking about capital, 1% of this and some, some oh, waste, fraud, and abuse. No, I'm talking about massive cuts, a five-year program, a five-year program to get to balance budget. Couple that with the deportation of what is Todd Benson tell us, it's going to be 12 are 4 million, 12 to 14 million uh, illegal alien invaders by the time President Trump gets back in there? Okay, we got a lot going on today. We continue to celebrate the Christmas season. Bing Crosby is going to take us out. We're going to be back. I've got Brett. I've got Harnwell, Raheem. We've rang the bell, got everybody up. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas will travel to Mexico City today to meet with Mexican President Andres Obrador to discuss new immigration policy between the two countries. That visit comes as a surge of thousands of migrants making their way through Mexico to the U.S. border as we speak. Joining us now from the southern border, NBC News correspondent Morgan Chesky. Morgan, good morning. What's the latest there? Yeah, Willie, good morning. And the organizers of that very migrant caravan have said that the group has swelled rapidly with the addition of more Central American families, so many of them with very young children. Now, the past 24 hours here in Eagle Pass has been surprisingly quiet, but that could soon be changing. This morning, the southern border's migrant crisis marching on. This video capturing the largest caravan in more than a year. An estimated 8,000 men, women, and children in Chiapas, Mexico, near Guatemala. All of them headed north. Organizers say the group swelled by nearly 2,000 people in a single day. Many hoping for a better life. Many more road-weary and exhausted. The caravan moving as the Mexican president welcomes U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. The Mexico City meeting, set for later today, expected to focus on the unprecedented irregular migration and border security between the neighboring countries. The visit following... As we head toward a presidential election in November, one thing you can be sure of, 2024 will be a tumultuous year like no other. How will your hard-earned savings fare during this year? You're already seeing the impacts of inflation at the pump, the grocery store, the dollar continues to lose buying power quicker than your wages can increase. How are you protecting your savings? Consider diversifying with gold from Birch Gold Group. For decades, gold has been the choice of investors and central banks to hedge against inflation. Now you can own it in a tax-sheltered IRA with the help of Birch Gold. Just text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on gold.
They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. And the best part, you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. With an A-plus rating, with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers, you can trust Birch Gold. Text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free info kit. That's Bannon to 989898. And secure your savings now. Take action. Text Bannon at 989898. Action. 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 Good King Wenceslas looked out on the feast of Stephen When the snow lay round about, deep and crisp and even Brightly shone the moon at night, though the frost was cruel When a poor man came inside, gathering winter Hither, page, and stand by me, if thou know'st it, tell hey, welcome back. Yonder peasant it's Christmas week he here in the world. What a crisis for our country. We're going to end this year, historic 2023, and by the way, we're going to be doing our New Year's Eve special, um, and we're also going to have our New Year's Day special, packed with uh, a review back of the year historic year we just came uh, through and as importantly on New Year's Day a look ahead of one of the most uh, important years in the history of your republic. Dave Brat, um, how can a guy to, to help me out here, how could you possibly leave I mean it's just a middle finger to the United States how could you possibly leave, go down and hang out in the Caribbean as some billionaires hang out where all the billionaires hang out in, in, in uh, you know, they all go to the Caribbean for New Year's, Christmas and New Year's. How could you go down there and hang out when your country is literally being invaded every day, 10, 14,000? Remember, that's, that, that's the ones that are processed through. And they're not eligible for asylum. Everyone that comes up there, hey, I want a better life. I understand that is a, a, a uh, driving uh, Element of humanity. I want a better life for them and their children. I got that. That's not a, that's has nothing to do with our asylum laws. That's where you get in line and you try to get into in this country through immigration. And yes, it takes years. And most of those people are not going to be eligible and never get there. I got that. That's how you have control of your, of your border. That's how you, and we don't have a border now. It's not even about border control. Oh, but Mike Johnson is going to go down. He's going to take a congressional delegation. A Codell is going to go down, I think, on the second or third, and we're going to have a couple of photo ops down there and some happy talk. Here's Let me just lay it out. This is simple. So Mike Johnson, everybody can get it. Shut down the border or shut down the government. That's as simple as it can get. Just defund the whole thing. You get back on the 9th. The, the 19th, I think, is the first big, uh, the first big uh, CR Instead of doing a CR for the year, just shut it down until they're prepared to get serious, get to the southern border, and shut this nonsense down. Then you know they're serious or not. And totally decouple it from Ukraine. Ukraine, no, not a penny. How can you afford a penny to Ukraine? You got $2 trillion, uh, $2.5 trillion, trailing 12 months deficit. No even possibilities. Not even, nobody's even talking about, hey, pay for this anymore. You're just going to print money and bury uh, the generation under 35 years old who are now paying attention, and that's why they're supporting Trump. Brett, your your assessment of all this. 
Yeah, no, it's spot on, and I, I, I totally agree with you. This is the fight. This is the fight we should take on. All political views are just my own, right? The president and these elites are off on island hopping because they're arrogant. They think the old formulas of pulling certain levers are going to work. I'm going to prove that's not true right now in the charts that are upcoming. Uh, but Congress should shut down the government until we shut down the border. That is the fight that Americans want to see, uh, and that that is the right play call. And uh, the American people know two things right now with certainty that have changed the game. They know the government has systematically lied to us for four years, uh, from COVID to masks to Russiagate for three years, uh, uh, backed by our top intelligence officials, CIA, FBI, and all the lies on economics uh, we've borne from the Federal Reserve Bank to the Treasury uh, Secretary saying uh, inflation is transitory. It's not. Uh, the charts below are going to show that. The people know very well prices have never gone down. They've only gone up, up, up. The prices are still up. That's the number one indicator of misery uh, for the American people. And then the whopper of the year, the lie, the lie in the Christmas season, the lie, which still has not been renounced, uh, Homeland Security Mayorkas declares, I want to be very clear, our borders are not open, right? I mean, that the American people are sick of getting gaslighted with yes being called no, up being called uh, down uh, in the Christmas season, especially the truth matters. So that's fact number one, you're being lied to, you know it now. And then the second new part is the American people now know the government is in full control and they don't care about you. So you put those two together, you're being lied to across the board. Uh, your own government is lying to you. They've shown they don't care about you. Uh, if you step out of line, you will pay a price. It doesn't matter whether you're a Catholic nun or, or a homeschool mom. They'll be at your door knocking. If you get too far out of line, uh, you'll be deplatformed. You will lose your freedom. Uh, we're not living in a free country right now when you have to walk around that scared. And so uh, that explains the poll numbers, right? Biden's down at 34 percent. Uh, Seventy percent of the people think he's got it wrong on inflation. Of course, that's true. Fifty percent of people think he's got it wrong on jobs when all the headline numbers are good. And so that's the mystery, right? How in the world are all the headline economic numbers good, but everybody knows it's not true? And so if Denver wants to put up the first chart, here's the, uh, here's the evidence, right? I mean, that first chart is just devastating. This is uh, Michigan Consumer Sentiment uh, Index. It's been around for a long time. It's basically, how do you feel? How's it going for you? And uh, you'll see the sentiment now, the feelings of the American person are worse now than they were after the 07, 08 financial crisis, right? That got down pretty far there in that gray bar. Uh, now at the far right, consumer sentiment, your feelings, your lived experience is miserable. Uh, next chart, Denver, uh, just shows the, uh, the, the current state of affairs, right? So in 2020, Trump's trajectory in the economy was had the, some momentum still going up. Uh, Bidenomics kicks in, it goes down, it comes up a bit, but now it's going back down uh, again. And so the American people got a good sense of what's going on. And now what's really going on here is people don't care about the uh, headline statistics. They care about their, their lived experience, their lives. So let's just, I'm not cherry picking. This is out of Axios, right? Not a right wing uh, place. Here's the change in the share of Raleigh, uh, Carolina, metro area households by income. Uh, take a look at that chart for a minute. Everybody look at this chart. Uh, everybody making less than $25,000 a year, the poor, uh, their incomes went down. The purple arrow is going to the left. 
25 to 49, down 50 to 74, up a little, 1% up, 75,000 down. But the 100K or the rich folks, uh, way down at the bottom right, doesn't even look like it's on the right chart. That green arrow, their incomes go up from 39 to 47%. And so, okay, you say, well, Dave, you just picked one city, an outlier. Uh, Denver, the next chart, if you want to go to the U.S. of A, uh, basically the green there uh, are the moderate to, to good news. Everything else is bad news for the United States of America. So if you want to know why Biden's at 34 uh, percent and it is cratering and why the American people feel terrible, this is it. This is the change in medium inco income households from 2019 to 22. Everything's going down. The rich are getting richer. Uh, the, the mainstream economic press and headlines, you know, the financial yeah. channels only pay attention to yeah. uh, the stock market, not to this. This is the real economy. <laughs> yeah. And the well, last chart, if you and, want to just look and, at, and by the at way, one more. Yeah. No, ha ha hang on for the last chart. Hang yeah, on. Good. Hang on for the last chart because I may want to go to break. Hang, hang, I want to summarize this. Number one, sure. the 34 percent is everybody. Yeah, and remember, right. you got the partisan Republicans and MAGA, you got the, the hard Democrats. If you look at the proxy for the American people right now is independence. I think he's in the yeah. mid-20s. Right. I mean, right. these numbers for approval are like unheard of because of the lived experience. Also, yeah. this goes back to the, our basic thesis that all these top line, top line numbers and all this happy talk is because of massive Keynesian, a massive yeah. Keynesian infusion of government fiat money. It's just yep. it's just the printing presses are turned up, and that's why it's not coming down into the lived experience of people. The purchasing power at the same time they're destroying the purchasing power of the Federal Reserve note of the dollar, and that's yep. why people's lived experience is harder and harder and harder. This is pretty straightforward. I tell you, we're gonna play some uh, Christmas music. You hang on, I want to get your going to get your last chart up. We're gonna get drilled down more into it, tie it together. Also, we got uh, Ben Harnwell. We're gonna talk about Ukraine. Uh, also, the geopolitics of it. Um, Raheem's going to join us in a little while. Ed Dowd's going to join us. He's got some new statistics on your vaccines on the, uh, you know, suddenly died. We're going to get into that. He's got a new update for the year. Okay. We're going to take it. We're going to go out. How can you do bad going out? How can, how can you not love going out with Bing Crosby? Bing Crosby, Hark the Herald, Angel's Thing, I think it is. Let's roll.
Wenceslas looked out on the feast of Stephen When the snow lay round about, deep and crisp and even Brightly shone the moon at night, though the frost was cruel When a poor man came inside, gathering winter Hither, page, and stand by me, if thou know'st it telling. Yonder okay. peasant, welcome back. Who is he? The engine room sends me a uh, Ronald Reagan, and I think it was the, the quote that he used that um, really drove the 1980 uh, election against Carter. Remember, he said, A recession is when your neighbor loses his job, depression is when you lose yours, and recovery is when. He said Carter, but when Biden loses his. Now you say, well, Steve, you got all these jobs, low growth. Yeah, but people working two and three jobs. These jobs aren't paying anything. Your purchasing power's down. The harder people work. Here's the great thing, and particularly the working class and the lower middle class. You look at the polling, you can't fool people. They're smart. They get it. They see exactly what's happening. Of the Forbes... Forbes 400, I think it's the Forbes 400, or the Fortune 500. I think it's the Forbes 400. Both lists are pretty interchangeable. These are the billionaires. 375 of the 400 wealth increased, and most dramatically. You've set up a system controlled by these central banks that can just continue to print. You have fiscal irresponsibility at the legislatures. That's throughout the world, Western Europe. In the United States. So fiscal irresponsibility, i.e., that's a fancy term. That's Harvard Business School speak for gutless politicians who won't stand up and say, hey, we got to cut this spending. Because we have fiscal irresponsibility coupled with monetary. That's the, the printing of the money and the currency out of the central banks. And they have a system where the oligarchs, the, the, the super wealthy in this country, control it. Now, think about this for a second. This, we're a revolutionary country. We broke off. We broke off from an empire that was just at the beginning phase of their takeoff, of their ascendancy in, 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 the, in mid, uh, what, mid-18th century. They were, about to, they were about to be turbocharged with these giant, essentially, monopolies, like the British East India Company. They had, they had, the crown had, uh, had given monopolistic power to for trade. They were just about to take over and control India and other places, uh, other choke points of the world. And build, I don't, you know, I'm not faulting them. They created an empire from a small island nation with grit, determination, foresight, and titanium stones. Uh, we, we opted out at the beginning because we said, hey, we can see where this is going of, of, of uh, tyranny. Our Christmas Day show, right to Trenton of actually fighting for that and saying, no, we, we don't want, we want out. And we're going to fight our way out if we have to. So that same system, <laughs> we've come back and created a, a economic system that is to the 10th power, uh, more unfair and more laced with tyranny than that, that, that they can even conceive. Now with the power of technology. And now with the part of power of artificial intelligence and everything related to transhumanism, of which the oligarchs that control this country are all in for, 1,000%. So that's what we're fighting against. 
with all those odds, you guys are not doing too bad a job. Not perfect, but we live in an imperfect world. But even now, as much as they control the media and the propaganda machine, people can look at their lived experience. They look around at their cities. And the big tectonic plate shift is really coming from heretofore have been the have been the low-hanging fruit for these radical Democrats. And that is the working class people, minorities, the young people. And they're looking around and going, whoa, this doesn't work. It doesn't work at any level and particularly doesn't work at me. So, uh, Ben, you've got some updates, too. Give me your uh, particularly your you got comments on the border, things you're pulling from the from the news media. You join us from Rome today. Thank you for hanging in there. I know most Romans uh, take off uh, Christmas week. Most Italians. But Ben Harnwell, be, being a proper Englishman, is, is hard at work. I get, that's not too uh, – I get, that's juxtaposing two opposites, I guess, uh, a hardworking English, Englishman. Um, what do you got for me, brother? Well, I'm still trying to get my blood pressure back down uh, from when you called the UK just a few <laughs> moments ago, a small island nation. Um, that's obviously not how we see ourselves, Steve. <laughs> um, good morning to you. So um, – Look, just talking um, quickly about Bethlehem, and then I want to talk about the, the, the FT. This is how quickly a situation can change. In, in around 1993, the proportion of Christians in Bethlehem and the surrounding area was considered to be about slightly over 90%. That was 1993, Steve. Uh, so this is basically within a generation. It's now considered to be around less, less than 5%. That's a total decimation of the Christian population in and around Bethlehem. Um, now, uh, there are various factors. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Don't get off that. Hold it. Don't, don't get off that one. This is about Islamization. And this is, hey, Israel being such a great ally, you have to have blunt conversation. Not just the thing on October 7th. And, and hey, that still stinks to high heaven. And we, you know, we're not even close to getting to the facts of what actually happened. But I'm talking about overall. They've been just like. People here in the United States all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, look at Kennedy Airport. It's shut down. Look at Times Square. It's shut down. Uh, if you're a Jew, you just can't even walk through. I mean, Alec Baldwin the other night, they were going to tear him limb for limb. If you're a Jew, you can't walk into the middle of that. You're going to get ter- torn limb from limb. And everybody's, like, all shocked. And at the Ivy League schools, they're all shocked. Gosh, how did this happen? This is Sharia supremacism. You know, Raheem's been on here. Raheem and I and you have worked on this for over a decade. At least I've been involved in this, right? Is uh, actually my first film, In the Face of Evil, about Reagan and about communism. The whole thing was about taking on the Sharia supremacists. The coda of the film, the last five minutes of the film, actually comes and talks about what the film's about, how you take on these radical ideologies. And you remember, Ben, when you were so gracious, I think in 2014, to invite me to speak at your... Uh, at your conference in, in the Vatican, and I kind of laid out, you know, it was about wealthy people and how they could, how wealthy Catholics could do good. And I kind of said, okay, let's, that's interesting. Let's talk to you about what the problem is. We talked about the rise of radical Islam, not, not Islam, and not people that profess the Muslim faith, and, and, and that's their journey to salvation. Every, every individual's got to have their own journey, you got to make up their own mind. We, we have never criticized that. I'm talking about where the political Islam, where it becomes Sharia supremacism. It's got to be their way or the highway. And you see this happening in England right now. You see this happening in France. And the elites who have allowed this to happen are too gutless right now and too nervous and afraid 
Talk to people in England. They're afraid to actually take the measures they have to take to shut this down. They're, they're, and that fear is only going to eat away at these societies. But look what's happened in Israel. Israel fears, and they're still happy talk about letting the PLO uh, you know, take over Judea, Samaria, and maybe they have a role. The, the PLO has no support among these people. These people are Sharia supremacists. This is the Islamization. That number, again, I want to go to, and this is what they've allowed to happen in Bethlehem. In Bethlehem, it was 90% essentially in the early to mid-90s, correct, of Christians. And now it's under 5 or 10%. That's the Islamization of, uh, of Bethlehem. The other day, the reason there's no services, the reason there are no services at the, at the a Church of the Holy Sepulchre and these other places is because not simply there's a war on and tourists are, are, are hesitant, but the official folks running things said are in sympathy with the Muslim Brotherhood in Gaza. They're in partnership. They said that. These are kind of our, these are our partners, and we're not going to have any Christian. There's not going to be any uh, commemoration of the birth of Christ while we're in charge. Is that essentially what's going on in the in the uh, in the Holy Land, Brother Harnwell? Steve, sadly, that's exactly what is going on in in Bethlehem. And the reason I I'd mentioned that statistic was because obviously we've just celebrated Christmas, um, and literally I just had being crossed me on before me talking about peace um, on earth. Um, in, in the Holy Land, in, in the land of uh, the, the birthplace of our, our Lord and Saviour. Um, but the, these, these, these um, demographic changes, they're happening all over the world. Um, and what, what I had wanted to, to, to mention, it's not, that, it's not why I came onto the show today, but it's so pertinent uh, and it sort of complements exactly what you and Dave Black were talking about uh, a moment or so ago. Is, uh, for example, look, the FT ha- has an article uh, today, um, and it's basically now admitting the crisis of the, the, the open borders, the, the lack of borders um, is having uh, in, in politics and on, on the American people. And obviously it frames this story uh, uh, is that the Democrats want to be welcoming to people who are vulnerable and the Republicans are just cynically and hard heartedly and opportunistically trying to stop them. If you go all the way down to, to the bottom sort of fifth of this article, it actually lays out, however, the consequences of, of what's happening. And it's talking about lifelong, it's sort of personal anecdotes that are in this article, lifelong Democrats who are, who are switching in the border states, who, who are switching to Republicans because they've seen in their own communities that the absolute crisis and degeneration that's happening in their local uh, communities. This is the consequences, right? So we might talk about, I mean, Bethlehem obviously has an emotional place in all of our hearts. Um, but most of us, when we think of, of Bethlehem in the Holy Land, we're thinking sort of, of 2,000 years ago. And it's a little difficult to relate. Um, what's happening on the southern border in the United States is, and not only on the southern border, but, but of course, as you were saying, sort of you had the people being shipped right across um, the United States, swing states, especially, specifically, of course, for, for the future anticipation that these people will be voters and, and Democrat voters. Um, but th- what's happening uh, in, in Bethlehem and the Holy Land now is tomorrow's story across Europe and the United States. And it was interesting to see sort of these arguments being hinted at in, in, in the, fina- the Financial Times. This, this um, the crisis of the established order is the following is how are they going to continue to pay for this? Because as I said, fiscal irresponsibility by the uh, legislative branch 
and even worse, uh, monetary irresponsibility in the monetary side, the, 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 the uh, central banks where they just continue to print fiat currency, whether it's in the ECB or, um, or, uh, or the United States, and they buy off George, George, uh, was it, uh, Georgia's, um, Georgina's uh, 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 silence on the immigration side, on the invasion of Italy, and to have some sort of side conversations because they need the money from, uh, from Brussels. Only Orban is one of the few in the polls or some of the few that say, no, you're not going to bribe us with your $10 billion. We need it. We're due it. We're owed it. But you're not going to buy our silence for that. We'll, we'll be able to stop it. The established order is crashing as cratering because of the invasion they've allowed. They've initiated from at least 2012 to 14 in Europe and the United States. Uh, and, and you see the breaks happening right now. That's why. This crisis builds every day. And, of course, what better thing to do in a crisis than to go to the frickin' Caribbean and kick your heels up? Just a F you to the American people. Okay, short break. Brat, Harnwell, Raheem, all of us next in the world. ...was born on Christmas Day To save us all from Satan's power When we were gone astray Bethlehem in Jewry, this blessed babe was born and laid within a manger upon this blessed morn. I was going to do uh, it, it, the uh, on Christmas Day, nineteen seventy-three. Some of the greatest films in modern modern American cinematic history were released. It's kind of extraordinary. I was going to do um, a uh, kind of an analysis of I think which was the most important film, um, Magnum Force. Clint Eastwood, the sequel to Dirty Harry. Uh, but I think I'm going to do that tomorrow because um, there's a couple of people I want to pull into the show to talk about it. Um, a film more relevant today than the day it was made, and it was a pretty shocking film at the time. Uh, for those of you who don't uh, remember it, I'll give you full details tomorrow as we break it down. 
Um, Birch Gold, uh, I think gold hit a high the other twenty eighty. It's off a couple of bucks, twenty seventy eight. But the daily price is not the not the thing that we talk about here. It's the macro. We're going to be talking a lot about macro the next couple of days as we end the year uh, and look back over the historic twenty twenty three and look forward to the more historic twenty twenty four. It's a time of turbulence. More turbulence today in the Middle East, I think. I gotta think, and maybe Ben can help me out here. Then, anytime you know, it's an active war going on there right now in the Holy Land, and people should pay attention to that uh, of exactly what the stakes are for us as uh, Catholics and us as Christians. But that's why you need to understand the geopolitical and uh, uh, how do I say this financial forces in back of gold as a hedge of which it's been for 5,000 years of mankind's history. You have to understand why is that. Why has gold always been a hedge against turbulent times? Go to birchgold.com slash Bannon. Uh, you get the end of the dollar empire. And baby, over the last couple of days, as Ben Harnwell can attest, um, with the, t- uh, the article in the uh, Telegraph, which is quite brilliant, about our allies, the Saudis, trying to get off the petrodollar in a deal with the Chinese, as we've told you about for, what, two or three years here now. It's kind of a big shock to the guys at the Telegraph, but at least they're reporting on it. The de-dollarization march just continues on, and it is to make sure that the United, the foundational element of the United States' power, its currency, is, um, is stripped from it. And by this is because of one disastrous decision by our elites after the other. That's why I say if we had the choice to be uh, governed by the first hundred participants that walked into the cowboy church for the Eli Crane town hall, uh, uh, what, a week ago, right before Christmas, I think it was on the 20th, uh, right before Christmas, um, versus uh, the elites at Goldman Sachs or McKinsey or your betters in the U.S. government, I would take the folks at the cowboy church. We'd be much better off. Birchgold.com. Slash Bannon. Also, as people know, I'm still a little bit under the weather, but we're pow- powering through this as you have to. I don't think my dad ever took a day off. I don't remember him ever missing work for being sick, ever. The unheard of. Incomprehensible that he would do that. Um, Warpath Coffee. This is how we get jacked early in the morning here in the war room. Warpath.coffee. Check out the dark roast, the finest in the world by Tej Gill and, of course, your humble servants here at the war room. Tasia Girl over at Warpath.coffee slash Warroom, you get your discounts. So Warpath.coffee slash Warroom, you get your discounts. Dave Bratt, um, I've got about uh, a couple. I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, Brad, can you hang on through 11 o'clock? Am, am yeah. I imposing upon you? Nope, love it. Okay, fine. I want to get to the chart and get – I'm still I'm, – I'm on a roll, and I want to end with uh, – was it Bing Crosby's Faith of Our Fathers? Can't be a better way – uh, to take us out. And, and the reason Bing Crosby, I don't think there's a better, uh, obviously, voice, right, crooner, a voice in American, of the American songbook. But it's also about the confidence, the confidence of the post-war era. That's when President Trump talks about making America great again. It's to harken back to those days when we were at the top of our game. And we had, it's just not material, it's just not the ability to, to um to be the arsenal of democracy. It's just not the valor and courage of the greatest generation. It's that and more. Why were they courageous? Why did they have valor? Why could Rosie the River, why could we turn on a dime and become the 
arsenal of democracy is because of confidence in one's culture and one's civilization. You can see that in the music, in the films, in the voices. Uh, that is all before us. That is what Trump. That is what Trump represents. Let's go out with faith of our fathers. We're going to turn to the war in just a moment. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.